What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash What you hear in this podcast does not implicate any individual or entity in any criminal activity. The views and opinions are solely those of the individuals participating in the podcast. In January of this year, I made my way to the courthouse in Jinja. It had been almost exactly a full year since the case against Renee was filed, and we started looking into it. The courthouse was full of journalists, from the States, Germany, the Netherlands, Ireland, all waiting for news. The plaintiffs were also here. Gimbo Zubeda, the mother of Tuolali, was in the courtyard speaking with her lawyers. And Kakai Rose, the other mother in the case, was sitting in a corner by herself. I waved hello and she gave me a smile. I'd met Kakai a couple times by then. In the beginning, she was shy and didn't open up very easily. But over the course of that year, she became a bit more friendly with me. We didn't speak the same language, but she always waved and greeted me when she saw me, asked me how I was doing. That day, no one was interpreting for her, but she seemed glad to be there, to just be present. Sitting on a wooden bench outside the courtroom, I couldn't help but think about the first time I was here about the energy that Kelsey and Olivia brought with them into this courthouse. When they joined the lawyers who were filing a civil suit against Renee and serving his children back in 2019. So this is what I want to see right now for me. This is so important. You know, it will help me move forward. This is historical. It's going down the books of history in my country, in Uganda, and the world as well, that this is the first time that someone is looking into work that is done by a white person who feels that they're helping so much. Like, we have come to save Africa, and we're sacrificing to live here. I just want to show the world that it's not sacrifice. She was not doing us any sacrifice, but she was just harming us. Like, she was destroying our society. A lot had changed since those early days, when I used to think that No White Saviors was our story. 
It had gotten so much bigger. It was about a whole system of international aid and injustice. The trauma of people affected by it. And the moral dilemma of doing the right thing. Rene and No White Saviors began to seem like small characters in a much larger saga. Eventually, we made our way into the courtroom. After an hour of hearing news on other local cases, the judge finally mentioned Renee's case. In association with iHeartMedia, I'm Rajiv Gola. I'm Halima Gikandi. I'm Malcolm Burnley. And this is The Missionary, Episode 8, What's Left? interest in Rene Bach and serving his children has ebbed and flowed throughout the past year. One of the only things I found to be consistent in the story was the lawyer representing the women in the case. Her name is Prima Kwagala. She runs the Women's Pro Bono Initiative in Uganda, and she was one of the very first people I interviewed for this story last year. Even then, she seemed pretty confident about the case she had in hand. Perhaps every lawyer feels that way. But Prima is one of the few health rights lawyers in Uganda. And she had taken people bigger than Renee to court, even litigated against the Ugandan government. So Prima had guts and experience. I thought it was crazy. I couldn't imagine something like that taking place in our country. Especially, I mean, from a white person. We look at white people as very good people. They have very good intentions for us. So when someone told me that, I said, oh my God, I have been doing cases in the health sector for almost 10 years now, and I had never come across anything like that. By early 2019, Prima had the testimonies of these two women. She also had clear evidence that serving his children had been an unlicensed health facility and was still providing advanced medicine to children like Tolale. That alone is illegal in Uganda, as we've said, in the same way that it is in the U.S., where it's a felony. Keep in mind, medical malpractice and fraud isn't a uniquely Ugandan problem. Imagine finding out your doctor didn't have a license to practice. Like so many other fake health care workers in Colorado, this one is also accused of pretending to be someone she's not to treat some of our state's most vulnerable people. Police say they got an anonymous tip that Golden was practicing as a medical doctor, but with no license in North Carolina. State regulators are letting dozens of these imposters go unlicensed and unpunished. The system is flawed. She's able to slip through these cracks like this over and over again. Over the past year, I would check in on and off with Prima and her partner, Beatrice Kayaga, to see if they had made any other breakthroughs in this case, found any new witnesses that we hadn't, or any outstanding piece of evidence, maybe a video of Renee performing surgery or something like that. And for the most part, there wasn't. But they didn't need it. My case is not really about her character or who she is. Her case is very simple. It's just that she was not licensed to do any medical work. Her facility did not have license. Prima's focused, simple, and narrow approach to this case always struck me because it was such a stark contrast from the full range and volume of accusations against Renee. That Renee had stolen babies from hospitals, experimented on children, and bribed Ugandan officials. An unlicensed facility seems like a rather minor, albeit still illegal, fact. And that's been the most frustrating and challenging part of reporting this story. The more complex the accusations became, the harder it was to be able to know, factually, was it true or not, because they relied on conflicting anecdotal evidence and interpretations of Renee's actions. I learned this as I went to track down more than a dozen Ugandan health workers who had worked at serving his children, as well as senior health officials. So I can see why Prima kept her case so narrow. To her, those other questions are besides the point. Her case is that Ugandan women like Kakai had a basic right for themselves and their children to be treated at legitimate health facilities within Uganda's healthcare system by licensed professionals. The right to dignity, 
for me to ask for what has killed my child and you can't give me answers because I don't deserve any but you took my child away with the promise that you're going to help them but then you can't give me feedback that's inhuman it's degrading it's for years on end she can't get any answers until we file a case she says Renee had violated the rights of the most vulnerable women rights given by Uganda's constitution most of these women are illiterate they've never been to school they can't speak a word of english they don't have jobs they can't earn even 50 dollars in a year they can't someone who is vulnerable very poor and is looking at her child dying when someone tells her that Rainy is hope and Rainy is doing this they go because they're looking for help and then here is a white person saying oh i'm going to give you food i mean you go to her home there's a bed there's porridge there's tea you can use the bathroom you can wash your clothes it seems like heaven to them would a ugandan have gone that long without oversight they wouldn't last a year not even 5 months people would say where are you getting that money who are you you know even those illiterate women would ask are you qualified to do this <laughs> they stand up to you and ask that but this is a white person that's intimidating already that you're white and we assume that the white people are educated people in fact in may 2015 only 2 months after serving his children was shut down Health clinics in northern Uganda were shut down for nearly the same reasons. Officials say the clinics at the level of health center 2 are being operated by underqualified people. The aim of the operation is to protect the public from harm. Those who are arrested will be charged in court. Seven people were arrested. And while serving his children was shut down, Renee was never arrested, nor were any members of her staff. and they were able to reopen albeit in a different district now whether that was due to poor oversight bribes or genuine reform we still don't know the why's and the hows in both uganda and in the us people have gone to jail for these violations or faced other repercussions renee is still in virginia Oh, there's no such thing as running away from the law in this world. <laughs> Especially in a civil case. Wow, that can be enforced anywhere. It can even be enforced on US soil. We just have to forward the judgment to the authorities in the US and they'll get her. Prima also told me that whether they win or lose the case, it will have still made a difference. I see people are becoming more alive to challenging the system. people are starting to say no we can do better start questioning the system and the services so it is uh, through cases like this i like to say sometimes it's not that we want to win but we want to cause people to learn to question because maybe i will lose but next time a white person comes around they are going to think about the expenses they have to to incur if someone came up with a suit against them Because you would say, oh, you lost. No, I did not. Renny has spent money defending herself. <laughs> so she is aware that she can't get away with what she's doing anymore. So it's a start. We always have to start from somewhere. This story has tapped into a much bigger conversation about the role of white people in Africa more broadly. a discussion that Africans and black people have been having for decades. In the past, the conversation was about colonizers, missionaries, imperialists. These days, it extends to white journalists, aid workers, humanitarians, activists, and social entrepreneurs. Why do white journalists have certain privileges? Why are white people called expats instead of immigrants? Why do white aid workers have these six-figure salaries while Ugandan experts get pennies on the dollar? Why do white entrepreneurs get so much more venture capital compared to local African startups? These are all questions that I hear constantly. And serving his children and Renee were smack in the middle of this conversation. But the question that remains is what's next? 
Do white foreigners have a role in contemporary Africa at all? Months into reporting this story, I finally went to serving his children's current facility in Chigandalo. Remember, now it's operating within a government facility, and from what we could tell was operating by the books. It's run by Ugandan health professionals, but is funded by serving his children. Inside, there's a small sign with the logos of serving his children on one side and Uganda's Ministry of Health on the other. The staff invited me into the children's ward, so I took off my shoes and entered. It looked like an ordinary clinic, with child-sized hospital beds lining both sides of the room, cartoons on the walls. But when I saw the children, I was shocked. By then, I had parsed through countless photos of emaciated, bloated, and utterly sick children who had been posted on serving his children's website over the years, or on the blogs of other missionaries and volunteers. Standing in that room, I was struck with such a strong sense of deja vu. In the center, there were mothers sitting on the floor with their babies, whose skin was peeling off due to infections related to severe malnutrition. The mothers were bathing their children in a brownish liquid that nurses said was an iodine solution to help their skin heal. The staff told me that these mothers had come from far-off rural areas where severe malnutrition is still a problem, and access to affordable health care is still limited. I still think back to that day, a year later, after trying to piece together the parts of this story to figure out the facts, the clearest thing to me still is that the problem of severe child malnutrition, this problem that a young Renee thought she could end, that the Ugandan government has been trying to tackle, is still a big problem. The news attention for this story will eventually fade, and the court case could settle. But there are still mothers who are desperately looking for care, and children who are still suffering from severe malnutrition. So when I think back to that day, I still wonder what will happen to them. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Back in the summer of 2019, I was shocked that Renee ever spoke to me. But the truth is, she was never fully bought into this podcast. I figured early on that the best way to keep her involved would be to indulge her point of view, to make it abundantly clear that part of my process was to see her side of things. And I spent more than a dozen hours talking with her. But each interaction felt like meeting her all over again. The real Renee was walled off, unknowable. There was always an emotional barrier. Sometimes it was a hard time limit, a lawyer listening by phone, or the over-politeness of my questions, trying not to offend her. We went long gaps without speaking because Renee stopped participating at multiple points. The closest I got to a breakthrough was a few weeks before Christmas of last year. Hey, Renee. Good. We were just talking about. Yeah, you saw me drive by. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Bedford. Thank you. I should have told you it's not like well marked. It doesn't have like the house number on it. So people that are using a GPS are like. Renee invited me over for lunch and what wound up being our last interview. Her place was small, a converted garage on a friend's property, surrounded by woods and farmland. When I entered, there was the aroma of fresh bread in the kitchen. Above a space heater in the living room, next to Renee's bed, there were a few stockings and tinsel on the wall. And the rest of the apartment was dedicated to the baby. The younger of her two adopted daughters, less than two years old, was awake when I got there. She was scrambling around the place and smashing face first into a mirror, from which she got up giggling. Renee left Uganda in October 2018 to finalize her daughter's adoption. The court case against her was filed three months later, and Renee hasn't returned since. It's why there are almost no mementos in her house from her entire time in Uganda. I was just we were wondering, is anything from Uganda here? Or is it pretty much all stuff you've acquired um, since being back? Cowhead. Nice. <laughs> His name's Boris. My sister made that for me for Eileen Christmas. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about a cow skull named yeah. Boris on her wall. <laughs> when her daughter took a nap, 
Renee, her mom and I walked around outside for a bit. The property was 140 acres. The trails went back for miles. But right next to Renee's apartment was a chic barn. It looked like a wedding venue with polished carriages inside. Just like the house she grew up in, there were quotations inscribed throughout the property. Psalm 19.1 The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, and there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. C.S. Lewis From our very first interview, Renee used famous quotes as a way of grounding herself amidst all this controversy. There's a really great quote gone on my brain now, but basically just talking about like, there are so many people that will just sit and point fingers at people that are in the arena, you know, of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but like, who are they to really speak into that? She found the quote later and texted it to me. It came from Teddy Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done the better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. If he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. During the week we published this, it was announced that the Teddy Roosevelt statue outside the American Museum of Natural History would be removed, expressly because of its racist depiction of black and indigenous people under the president's subjugation. He was a cheerleader for colonization, which he justified with poetic passages like the one Rene shared. Was it worth it? Did I hear God wrong? These were the questions Rene said she'd been asking herself lately. The things she never stopped to ask of herself all those years in Uganda. So I'm, I'm really curious to talk about, you know, especially leading up to 2015, mm -hmm. if there were moments um, that you recall of having self-doubt about not so much the mission of the organization, just about how you were going about it, how much work you were doing, for example, like the workaholic mm -hmm. thing. That A, I was so busy that I almost like didn't have time to probably doubt yeah. the things that were going on, um, whether that's like right, wrong or indifferent. But I felt with such strong certainty that like serving as children was doing what it was supposed to do. As like ignorant and like kind of pompous as it sounds, I didn't have a lot of self-doubt back then. And I think part of that was because I was like young and ignorant and ambitious and you know, like I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that's more now of like, did I just like totally waste my life and like ruin other people's lives by doing the last decade of my life mm. um, is more a thought now and I think I've always felt like sure of my decisions when I come to them uh, like all growing up and through high school and even like my decision to go to Uganda the first time and once I made those decisions I felt like such a strong conviction that it was what I was supposed to do and yeah, like I, I miss that. I miss that yeah, feeling of of being assured that like I'm on the right path in life, and um, I definitely don't have that anymore. When I first began working on this story, I thought we were going to figure out the truth. Either Renee was a monster and she'd killed those kids or she'd been wrongly accused, and she was the victim of a tremendous injustice. But then I spent time with her and discovered what a mess this whole thing was. And I came to believe that Renee wants and has always wanted to be a force for good in this world. I really do believe that. Still, as we sat on the floor of her home eating her mom's stew, I kept thinking about one simple fact 
the same thing Halima could never get past. Renee had run an unlicensed facility where medicine was practiced on vulnerable children, something she'd never have gotten away with in the US. And if Renee wanted to make a difference, then she should go to jail for it. That's the only way there's gonna be systemic change, that we might have a shot at ending white saviorism. Watching Renee be a mom, the empathy I felt, it was hard to reconcile with these thoughts. But as we said before, this story was about so much more than just one woman. Renee was now a symbol. She's the monument that has to be toppled. And it's been like very hard to process. But I didn't through. say anything. Wow, I just like sat there, you, listening. Like, did you even make a difference? Because like all I wanted to do was like make a difference and help people. But did I not help anyone? And did I not make a difference? Like, that's what I'm being told at large by the world, you know. Um, and so wrestling through that stuff. Mm. Really tough. Um, yeah, I mean the before. And after. Before I left, I asked Renee if she had any pictures of the early days of serving his children. Before this all happened. So this was the house. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I guess. <clears throat> I don't actually think I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She pulled out an old laptop mm-hmm. and began combing through folders. Um, and so, like, this was my bedroom right here, and then there's like a little small room. There were pictures of kids on pink swing sets on the porch. A photo of a camel that arrived one day at the center and never left. The day when 10 baby goats were born and the staff cradled them all at once. It was a pretty happy place for the most part. People were pretty, uh, pretty cheery. This was, this was our kitchen and these two rooms turned into also rooms with cribs for kids. And that was the intensive care room. Then we got to photos that we talked about a lot. Sick kids before coming to serving his children and happy kids going home. Then this little girl was actually admitted to the center when we um, closed in 2015. She was less than a kilo. She was like a pound or something. When it closed, she was Yeah, she was in the center. Yeah, this was her in the ICU. So here's some before and after ones. They were hung like this. Mm -hmm. So like before and after, before and after. We had, you know, almost a thousand of those. They went like all the way down, all the way to the ceiling. Mm. After our center closed, these photos stayed up for a really long time. It was actually like a very emotional process for me to take them to. It was kind of like a mourning, I guess, process too. It was probably a lot of, a lot of things, but. Um... That was where I left Renee. Sorting through the memories, taking the good ones with her, leaving the bad ones behind, while her daughter, who knew nothing of this, slept peacefully in the other room. I mean, I would love to be able to work in the like humanitarian service industry again. Um, I don't know if that's possible for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super favorably looked upon in some some of those circles but i think this has helped remind me that like that is still my heartbeat and i still do love that and even though i've been so burned by it i still a big part of my heart is still in that world Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. 
To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. That day in the courtroom, the judge announced that after months in closed-door negotiations, both sides, Renee and the mothers, still hadn't reached an agreement. So he ordered the case back to legal mediation, a last-ditch attempt to settle things out of court. After a whole year, it was tough to see any ending or any answers to this whole case. It felt like things had never left the starting line. But there's one child who's been on my mind this whole time. One we haven't told you about yet. His name is Elijah Kawagambe, and he's the son of Kakai Annette Rose, one of the mothers involved in the court case. There's a simple reason you haven't heard much about Kawagambe yet. It's because, well, we don't really know what happened to him. And neither does Kakai. I met Kakai for the first time shortly after the case was filed at a hotel in Jinja. She was shy, looking down at her feet with her hands folded in her lap. Joyce Olana, one of Renee's former social workers, helped interpret for me. Without any paper, without any discharge form, they didn't even tell her what the child is suffering from. What Kakai did know was that Kawagambe passed away shortly after being discharged from serving his children's new, reopened facility. But she was never told why her baby died. Reaching the home, the child just spent three days and the child died. So she doesn't know what was done to the child. She can't now return her child back. All the hopes are not there and all the hopes are gone, yeah. She had three other children. The young one, who is four years, keep on asking the mom, where is Kawagambe? Where is Kawagambe? doesn't know that he died or what. The last line of Kakai's affidavit reads, I strongly believe that serving his children's employees did something to my child that led to his death. Here's Prima again. It's abuse of dignity. You basically strip these women of their womanhood, I would say, that you treat them like they're not people. She asked for what had killed her child, 
and no explanation was given. It was until we filed the case and they filed this response almost four or five months later. As a human being, you deserve a right to access your medical records. It doesn't matter if I'm illiterate or I paid no coin. I still, as a human being, I have rights to dignity. Because you took my child alive, my child is dead. Renee, however, denies that Kawagambe was ever even admitted to serving his children. She says she knows nothing about him or Kakai. Then we started hearing rumors that this whole thing was a setup. That Kawagambe's death was due to Kakai's negligence. We needed to follow up on these new revelations. So I went over to Kakai's house with Sime the same former employee who helped me track down Nabokoza's mother. The whole bumpy motorcycle ride there, my stomach was in a knot. Kakai didn't know what our interview was going to be about, and the last thing I wanted to do was confront a grieving mother with a conspiracy, that she'd killed her own child and pinned it on Renee. Kakai's family home was on a small farm of banana trees and cassava plants with a few chickens running around and making a racket. She smiled as soon as we rode in and invited us inside with her elderly mother. We sat around a small wooden table and started talking. Okay, so yeah. I'm hoping to hear your story from the beginning to the end. Um, and then from there, we will discuss more. I'm going to she told me the same story that she'd written in her affidavit. Her back-and-forth journeys to serving his children, to Jinja and Mayuge, to home and the hospital, and eventually, the death of her son. He's trying to tell you that her child, though the child was small, the child was living a happy life, was so happy, was so lively, because being small is not her sickness. What pained Kakai most was that to this day, she's never been told exactly what caused her son's death. Did they give her a reason for the discharge? <laughs> She's telling you that now what reason, if they even failed to present a document to her about the medicine that the child has been given, the condition, now what document? But then I had to ask the question that I'd come here to ask. The story I've heard is this, that they told her that the child has pneumonia. The doctor said that this clinic does not have the equipment or qualifications to treat pneumonia. So they gave her medicine and told her to go to a different hospital. She slammed her finger on the table to make a point. I never heard her like this. She's telling you that she was not told anything about any sickness Kabagambe was suffering from. If they are saying like that, that the child had money and she was advised to go and seek for medical treatment, they are just liars. She began to shake with anger. Tears ran down her cheeks. 
I pulled the microphone away and looked down at my feet. I felt like I'd driven a knife into Kakai and twisted it. I began to question what I was even doing there in the first place. And something she said earlier in the interview rang in my ears louder and louder. What is the relationship that uh, Miss Kakai has with Kelsey and No Weight Saviors? How did she come to know them? You yourself has come here. When she met them, they asked her some questions and she answered them how she has answered you. No White Saviors had shown up and asked Kakai to retell the most painful moments of her life. Then they packed their bags and were off. It was the same pattern Kakai saw in every single journalist, lawyer, and activist that visited. And I realized I was no different. We spoke to over a hundred people around the world to get to the bottom of the story. Well, there'd be malnourished children, and then one day they'd be gone. What happened? Why? We dove deep into the Jinja community and got caught up in the drama of it all. It was just honestly like Mean Girls on steroids. <laughs> we flipped through centuries of history to understand the impact of the missionary movement. I'm doing this by virtue of a force greater than me. We waded through rivers of red tape to understand how the government could let something like this happen. She called the staff and said the center has been closed. We spent so much time piecing together contradictory narratives. She wasn't a good Samaritan, she was a fraud. Hunting for clues. The Mzungus that found Nabokosa, they're saying that she was neglected. And getting caught up in the nitty gritty of it. This is a serious procedure. That I forgot what the story was actually about. This case became a symbol for white guilt. Black lives do not matter to the same level to us as white people. The failures of international aid. But we can get rid of it. Yes, we can. And structural racism. In Africa, our people glorify white people. It seemed like everyone involved in this case was using it to make a point. I hoped to see humility. To defend an idea. I was watching her be literally crucified for trying to do the right thing. Somewhere along the way, this case stopped being about two mothers seeking answers. The most simple and basic reparation. Oh man, oh man. And as the world debated, on Twitter, she ain't even a doctor. on cable news, Renee is being sued. in editorial columns, the savior complex of our own, 105 children died in an unlicensed Kakai was here alone, still searching for some comfort, an answer. After she had a moment to breathe, I asked where Kawagambe's grave was. She got up and silently led the way. So I followed, through the banana groves and into a small clearing. And in the corner was a mound of earth. Kakai went over and started clearing the weeds from the grave. She told me she came out here every week if she could to keep Kawagambe's grave clean. And then she walked to the other corner, sat down, and wept to herself. For a while, I just stood there. Until Kakai rose to her feet and brought us back to the house. She took a seat on a bench with her hands in her lap as we packed our bags and boarded our motorcycles. She gave us a wave as we set off. And when I looked back, a ways down the road, she was still there, hands folded, looking down at her feet, as the crickets droned on into the evening.
The Missionary is produced in association with iHeartMedia. It's written and reported by Rajiv Gola, Halima Gikandi, and Malcolm Burnley. It's produced by Michelle Lands and Ryan Murdoch. Mark Lotto is our story editor. Our executive producer is Mangesh Hatikudar. Our fact checker is Austin Thompson. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.